Okay, let's get started. This year's Parshas Kisavo. Parshas Kisavo, as we continue here in Chodesh Elul. Parshas Kisavo, Tavshin Ayin Dalet. And we start off with the first mitzvah in Kisavo, and that is the mitzvah of Bikurim. As we know, the Torah tells us, when we come to Eretz Yisrael, V'haya Kisavo Aretz, Asher Hashem Lokecha Nosein Lecha Nachala, that Hashem gives you for a Nachala, and you uh, inherit it, V'yashavtab, and you settle, V'lakachta Meireshes Kol Pri you shall take from the first of all of the fruit, as Chazal tell us, this is only, this is only, the only one of the mitzvah satsuliyas ba'aretz that only applies to the shivas haminim, only applies to the special fruits of Eretz Yisrael. Chazal learned that out from May Rashis, Kalpri Adama. Rashi quotes, V'lo kal Rashis, she'en kal haperos chayavim bebikurim ela shivas haminim bilvad. There is a machlokas about other trumas and maestros. Is that by all fruit? Like the Rambam holds, or only by certain Dug and Tirosh Vyitzar, like Rashi and Tos would say. But when it comes to Bikurim, Bikurim, that is based on the Gemara, that is only by the Shiva Saminim. And the Torah continues with the process. And you should go to the place that Hashem will choose, right? Yerushalayim, which is not mentioned anywhere explicitly in the Torah, but it's alluded to. You shall come to the Kohen and have the declaration, as we know. The Kohen will take the basket. And will put it down in front of the Mizbeach. And then we go through our Rami Ovidavi, which we're familiar with from the Haggadah. A, Ram, a little Jewish history lesson in Tupsukim. We went down, we were small in numbers. They tortured us. We cried out. Hashem heard all of our philos. And he brought us to Eretz Yisrael. Here is my first fruit. Put it down, and then we have the last requirement for the ceremony of Bikurim, You shall prostrate yourself. You shall bow down. And then you'll be happy. The question is asked by many of the Achronim. What is the message of Hishtachavaya of bowing down? This is the only mitzvah in the entire Torah which has part of it on a Doraisa level, Hishtachavaya. Yes, we do certain bows and korim in, in davening in various places, but that's all the Rabbanim. The Torah doesn't say to bow down at a certain place. But here, the Torah says, part of the mitzvah of Hishtachavaya, of Bikurim, is Hishtachavaya. So what is the message? What is the message of Hishtachavaya? Two ideas that we are going to have. The first is suggested by a number of Mepharshim, we'll start off with the Rinath Yitzchak. Rabbi Yitzchak Saratskin, the grandson of the Aznayim Torah, he talks about it in one of his svarim. What's the message? If you look in the Sifri and Boaz Hanan, talking about a story that we know from Sefer Breshis. We know the story... A, a similar version is in Meseches Psachim. Yaakov Avinu, towards the end of his life, calls all of his children around his bed and starts talking to them and making sure he has, remember, in the back of his mind that for the past three generations, not all the children were always perfect. Right? There was a Yitzchak and there was a Yishmael. There was a Yaakov and there was an Esav. And now, is there going to be a psul in my children? He's nervous. Amar says, Yaakov, Shema Yish Belibchem Machlokes. 
Does any of you not believe? Any of you have a problem with, with emuna? Amru, lo, ain, belibenu, machlokes, amishamar, vahaya, olam. No! We all believe. We're all there with you. Alzeh, hu, omer, vayishtachu, Yisrael, al roshamita. When Yaakov Avinu hears this, he's mishtachaveh. There's the hishtachavaya again. V'chi, al roshamita, hishtachaveh. On the head of the bed, he was mishtachaveh. Ela, shehodeh, vishibach. Shelo yatsami enu psoles. You know what hishtachavaya means? It's a recognition and a, a reflection of Hakaras Atov. Thank God. Thank God all my kids are following the Derech Hashem. That's what Yaakov Avinu was saying. That was his message through his Ishtachavaya. Haray says the Rinas Yitzchak. The Yesh Ishtachava Milsa de Hoda'a. Ishtachavaya is Hoda'a. It is a message of thanking. Where else do we see this? In the Torah. Matsinu. Beparshas Chayasara. Remember the story when Eliezer hears what's, and realizes what's going on. And this he finds the right one and he finds Lavan's family and this is going to be great. What happens? He, again, he was Mishtachaveh. Rashi there. When there is a great good tidings, we're Modeh. So again, we have it by Yaakov Avinu. We have it by Eliezer. Evet Avraham. Ulefizeh, now second column, says the Rinas Yitzchak. Ulefizeh nira, dezeo gamkein yesod hadavar, sha'amei vivikurim ishtachava. That's the message that goes along with vikurim, which many talk about, but the Rinas Yitzchak is giving it a little added depth. That's what ishtachava is always related to in the Torah. Dehine mikra bikurim yesodu midin shalach v'hodaz. We know what's bikurim about. Thanking Hashem for Eretz Yisrael. Thanking Hashem for guiding us through Jewish history. So Rashi quotes from the from the Sifri. So that you are not uh, people without gratitude. And he quotes the Rambam uh, about this as well. But this is the message of Ishtachava. It's about saying thanks. It's about um, recognizing um, what we have been given. And that's. And that's why by, Mo, by Modim, and the whole, the whole Shmon Esrei of, of Modim, it's a, it's a recognition. It's a recognition and then, and then giving thanks. Rav Yeruchim, in the Das Torah, talking about this same theme on the Rashi, in Chakafui Tova, this is all part of part one. We're going to have two thoughts about Ishtachava. This is all part one, the idea of Akar Satov. Says Yeruchim. Says Rav Yeruchim. We learn from here the concept of not being a kafui tova, always recognizing what we have been given, even something small, no matter what it is, we recognize it. And says Rabbi Rucham, Kahayom line 4, Lafianimas Hanahug, according to what people do out there, Marbim Ha'am, Ludaber Bibituyu Todos Vakaros Altov Shemakablam. It's proper. Everybody says thank you. All over the place. The whole world says thank you. But many times, says Rav Yerucham, do people really mean it? People really mean it or they just do it? In his words, It's etiquette. You know, if I don't say thank you, I'll be looked down upon. I'll be looked on like a, like a ruffian. I'll be looked on like somebody who doesn't have any manners. Says Rabbi Yerucham, everybody says it, but is it said in the proper way? Is it said with the, the right feeling? 
Abo kedera ko mida tova, aldarka. Just like any mida, if we don't do it with feeling and with uh, appreciation for what the mida is about, misrokenes be called tochla. That it's just an empty act. See, he says so many times we find that we just go through the motions, and people out there just go through the motions with thanks, but do they really mean thanks, or are they just saying it? But on the other hand, says of Yeruchim, though this might be true, that there are a lot of empty thank yous out there, but we can't then use that as an excuse not to do it. Umitzad Sheinikan, says Rabbi Yeruchim in the next paragraph, Bikores al Elo B'nai Torah. I have a Bikores. I have a problem with certain behavior of B'nai Torah. Hamimaatim yoser min hamida milahodos lemetivayim who don't say as much thank you as they should. Har bepamim ben Torah more lo heter alzeh. Many times a ben Torah will be more heter will will defend himself. Bechashvo and he'll think ki ha'ikar lo oleiv. No, I feel it. I feel it in my heart. I recognize. Rachman alibaboy. Upamim kam lo noel lo labi etodos. Sometimes a ben Torah. A pastor doesn't want to express his thanks. Because it'll look like I'm just following what everybody else does. If something is the correct act, we have to do it and we have to do it right. Though others might not do it with the proper perspective and the proper content of the act. That doesn't mean that we don't do it. So many people don't mean it when they say it. We have to feel it. We have to express it. We have to be the forefront, at the forefront, in terms of derech eretz, in terms of, in terms of leading the way. We have to make sure. And then he generalizes and says, and lest one think that just being inside my heart is enough, he says, so much of the Torah, such a large percentage of mitzvos and averos have to do with our speech. So many mitzvos that we have to say, and so many averos that we're not allowed to say have to do with, it, with, the, with our mouth. Our mouth, says Rav Yerucham, defines who we are and what we're about. Next paragraph. The Pazik tells us in next week's parsha. It's very close to you in your mouth and in your heart. Discussion what is being referred to here. Rashi says it's referring to the entire Torah. But what does it say? It says it's close. There's so much power. With our mouth, with our path. He even quotes, what does it say in Erev and Adaf Nun Dawid, line 24? Amalei Shmuel Rav Yehuda, Shinina, Psach Pumecha, open your mouth. Kari, Psach Pumecha Tani, read, learn. Ki hechi dizkaimbech, vesorech chaye. You'll live through the Torah. It's the Koach Hadibor that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us. And specifically in this context and in all contexts, the expression of Akaras Hatov, to make sure those around us know what we feel on any little bit. On any little bit. Remember Rashi in last week's parasha, we spoke about this years ago. 
Rashi in Lasik's Parsha says, what's the difference between the Mitzrayim and Ammon and Moab? The Mitzrayim were pretty bad, Rashi says. But you know what? They gave us Achsanya a little bit. They gave us a place to live. The Mitzrayim gave us a place to live for 210 years. We call that a place to live? We have to say thank you for that? So the Torah teaches us in a little bit, in a little bit of a way. The Rov Ra doesn't wipe out the Miyutov. A little bit. doesn't mean that we have to befriend them. doesn't mean we have to be very close to them. It just means that if many generations later somebody wants to convert, we're allowed to accept. But this is Akar Satov. And one final message related to this is really comes up a couple of sukkim later, but we'll put it here because one could say it together if one wants to uh, have to give the Dvar Torah the Shabbos. This, this relates. The next section, again, we'll get back to Vihishtach Avisa. The next section, as we know in the Parsha, is the parsha of Vidui Meiser. Vidui Meiser. First we have Bikurim, and then we have Vidui Meiser, the mitzvah of declaring at certain times in the year process of, um, of the Shemitah years that I did everything I was supposed to do. True Miss Meisers, I did everything I was supposed to do. And that's what we say in Pasuk Yud Gimel. I didn't do anything wrong. I gave to all the proper recipients. I did not violate, and I didn't forget. Last word in the Pasik. Lo shachachti, I did not forget. What does Rashi say? Lo shachachti mi al hafrashas maestras. I did, and not only was mafresh, everything I was supposed to, and gave it to the Kohen, and to the Levi, and to the Ani, but I even made the bracha when I was mafresh. That's Rashi. All the mafresh Rashi asked the same question. What is Rashi talking about? All brachos, except for maybe one or two, are rabbinic, are midrabanan. What does Rashi say that we declare in the Torah? I didn't forget to make the bracha. What is Rashi talking about? It says in Mordechai Elio in the Dibri Mordechai. Call up brachas arishon oshim avarachim lefnei ochel lefnei mitzvah hein midrabanan. All brachos that we say are drabanan. The rabbis made it up. Barak Birchas Amazon. Birchas Amazon is the only exception. And maybe Birchas Torah. But that's it. Everything else is to Rabbanon. Like the Rambam writes at the beginning of Hukas Brachos. Umi divrei sofrim, levarich al kol ma'achal tchila, v'yachrach yanimi menu. Mid Rabbanon to make a bracha on every food. And then partake. V'yafilud neskabin lechol lishos koshu. Even if I'm only going to drink or eat a tiny amount, I still need the bracha beforehand. And then the Ramam adds, Just like we make a bracha on all hana'a, on anything we eat or drink or smell, and then we do it. So again, ask the Divrei Mordechai, what's Rashi talking about? It's all the Rabbanon. The Torah is saying that Avidu Maiser, we say, I didn't forget to make the bracha. L'chorat varv kashem biyoser. Eich mitzayenes ha-Torah es ha-bracha. Says You're right. The technical details and the for- formulation of brachos are drabanan. But the message of brachos are not drabanan. The rabbanan formalized it. The rabbanan required it and obligated it. But it wasn't that the idea didn't exist beforehand. Recognition 
of everything that gives, Hashem gives for us, to us, every moment. Every second of our life we should be thanking HaKadosh Baruch Hu and recognizing HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Chazal said that at certain moments you have to verbalize it. You have to say it. But really every second is a chiv of hakara to Hashem. Yaduam divri bali musur. The bali musur are known to say, We only visualize light with a background of darkness. Right, A candle in the middle of a sunny day outside is meaningless. The or, light is only recognizable with a background of darkness. What does that mean? Figuratively, someone who sees, someone who has the ability to see, does not always thank Hashem for that ability. Because that person does not know what it means to be blind. If somebody loses the koach of anything, so that's when he's ma'arich. It's we don't recognize things until we don't have it anymore. We don't recognize people until sometimes we don't have them anymore. Somebody who has a terrible virus, he has the flu, he has the uh, whatever, pneumonia, and they can't breathe properly. And they're coughing, and their throat is killing, and their chest is burning. Only for a few days after they get better, they appreciate, they breathe without any pain. They could breathe without any uh, taking any shortness of breath, then they realize, right, they realize, kol ha-neshama, I'll call neshima v'neshima to halelka. But really, every second is supposed to be that. That's Rashi. Lo shachachti milvarechacha. It's not talking about the actual brachos that Chazal enacted. It has to do with just praising and blessing Hashem out of the blue. And that chiv is Doraisa. The idea of akaras hatov, that's, as the Rina Tzitzchak said, as we saw in Rav Yeruchim, the depths of a thank you and the Divrei Mordechai. But there's a second idea related to Hishtachavaya. And that, I think we mentioned the Drushas in past years, and that's from the Slanim Rebbe, the Nesiva Shalom. It says the Nesiva Shalom here in source number four. Also, what is it about Hishtachavaya? In Yina Hishtachavaya, Shenitztavu Bavos Bikurim, line four on the left side. We don't find this anywhere. Yom Kippur does not work, is not machaper, until a person nullifies themselves, nullifies their own essence to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's the message of Ishtachavaya. I'm lowering myself. I'm nullifying myself in the face of Hashem. I am saying, Hashem, I am nothing without you. Be your Dvar of HaKadoshim. What does that mean? That's the Kedusha's Levi. Now says the Nesiva Shalom. The more I'm focused on myself, on the me, and I take credit. Then there's a break. That's a break between me and Hashem. The more I focus on myself. Like the famous Baal Shem Tov, 
also is quoted in the name of the Kutzker. The Pasuk says, Anochi omeid ben Hashem I stand between Hashem and you. That's Moshe talking. But Al-Jerah Drush, Anochi, it's the Anochi that we all feel about ourselves. That's what's omeid ben Hashem that's the, that's, that's the hefsek, that's the mechitza. Ha'enochius, omenes kemechitza, bein Hashem uveneichem. V'kivan shaloshayach kaparis avon, elo ha'idei dveikus pashem. And since there's no kapara except with dveikus, which we cannot realize without nullifying ourselves, so that's what we have to do. That's Hishtach Havaya, line 16. Shemachniya atzmo kol kulo bebitl gomu lefanov. The physical mandate that the Torah has on us is a reflection of the spiritual feeling that we have to, we have to sense. We go down because we're supposed to feel like nothing, not nothing in a depressed way, nothing in a way that I'm nothing without HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Then he quotes a beautiful Medrash. The Medrash tells us in Bratius, on the Pasuk by the Akedah, We will bow down and we will return. Right? That's what Avram says when he's about to go to the Akedah. Hakol b'schus hishtachavaya. Everything is b'schus hishtachavaya. Bowing down. Avram Avinu lochaz ameyamariel b'schus hishtachavaya. Avram Avinu promised v'nishtachavah. That's his schus. By bowing down. That was what helped him come back from the Akedah. Avoseinu lo nigalu mi Mitzrayel b'schus hishtachavaya. We were zochet to be nigal. Lo kiblu Yisrael ha-Torah lo b'schus hishtachavaya. The Medrash quotes psukim for each of these. Hagolios enon miskansos ela b'schus hishtachavaya. Mashiach's gonna come. B'schus hishtachavaya shenemar. Vaya bayama hu yitaka b'shofar gadol uvo haovdim beretz Ashur v'anidachem beretz Mitzrayim v'hishtachavu l'Hashem. We will bow. That they will bow down. Bahar Hakodesh v'yushalayim. What does that mean? They will recognize Hashem is is the ultimate. He is in charge. Is the center of their life. All these actions, Yitzias Mitzrayim and Kabbalah Satorah and Mashiach, it's all b'schus hashtachavai. What does that mean? Not the physical act of bowing down, but a recognition that Hakadosh Baruch Hu is in charge, and I'm machnia myself. I am avata myself, and and I'm able to be connected to to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. He even says, if you look a few lines later on line 42 on the bottom left. What we say every Chag. We say, Hashem, we're so upset. Ask the Nesiva Shalom. I understand we can't be Ole V'Leiraos. Because there's no Mitzvah V'Leiraos. There's no Mitzvah V'Leiraos. There's no Mitzvah Right? Leiraos. But V'Leiraos. Why can't we go bow down? We'll go to the Kotel and we'll bow down. So what's so what's so hard about that? Says the Nesiv Shalom. No, the point isn't just the act. The point is being so inspired by Hakadosh Baruch Hu that the entire nation will be mishtachaveh. The entire nation will recognize that everything is totally on Hashem. Then we realize, turning over, when we realize that and we have that clarity of vision. Then we can reach the level of Ishtachavaya. And that's what we say by Bikurim. When we recognize that everything is from Hashem, we come to the base Hamikdash with our first fruit, and we recognize it's from HaKadosh Baruch. Recognize from HaKadosh Baruch. He does end off by saying that there is a moment 
in our time, even Bizman Hazer, that maybe we could feel it. Maybe we could feel it. Bizman Hazer. And that's on Shabbos. If we have the proper perspective on Shabbos, he quotes the last paragraph. We say it in Nishmas. So on Shabbos, if we have the proper perspective, maybe we could get, not to, literally, but the idea of Ishtachavoya, that everything is totally on HaKadosh Baruch. Okay, so that starts us off for tonight. Two major ideas relating to Hishtachaveh, a Hakaris Atov, to his spotless Anochi. Right, recognize being lowering myself and recognizing that it's all from Hakadosh Baruch. Okay, continuing in the Bikurim element, focusing on one other facet. The last pasuk related to Bikurim pasuk Yud Aleph, v'samachta b'chol hatov. Once we come to Yerushalayim and we go through this whole ceremony. You shall be happy. Be happy with everything that Hashem gave you. Simcha. We're in a state of simcha. Quotes the Talalei Chaim. We started learning some of his Torahs towards the end of, uh, towards the end of last year. Talalei Chaim. Chaim Kohen. So it's interesting. The Torah has a chiyuv and a command of simcha. V'samachta b'chol hatov. Specifically, once we come to Yerushalayim. Right? It doesn't say, V'samachta b'chol atov at home. And then you have Simcha, so come to Yerushalayim and say thank you. No, V'samachta b'chol atov is at the end of the Bikurim process that we do in Yerushalayim. That's where it is. As he quotes the Pasuk on line 9. L'maysa, mevor me'apasuk, she'simchazu novaz dafka me'ha'awaz ha'bikurim l'Yerushalayim. U'mimikra bikurim. And that's how the, the whole parsha. When you got there to Israel, you know what it sounds like from the psukim? Says the Tal Lechaim, the Chelban, Omer, Simcha Shlema Vaamitis Tavola Adam Dafka Ayideisha Yekasher Es Magal Chayev El Yerushalayim. Beautiful thought. Simcha for a Jew can never be in their privacy of their own home. You know where Simcha is discussed? When you have Simcha, you have personal success in the field. But then you bring it to Yerushalayim and you link it to the national state of affairs of Am Yisrael. L'maysa. Ha-bikurim evatim ishis. Bikurim is about personal wealth, personal success. Parnasa, bracha b'peros. You know what the Torah says? Bring it to Yerushalayim and then have your Simcha. Come and be part of Am Yisrael. Because in Yahadus, we don't focus on private. We bring the simcha of the private to the public. And to feel that it's all part of the divine plan, it's all part of the national state. That's how we have to see our own history. I mentioned in Dafyomi this week, in a, in a different year, it's fascinating. And it's very different, the Jewish approach and the non-Jewish approach. We think about two extremely emotional moments 
in the life cycle of Amis and of anybody. A wedding and a Levaya. Wedding and a Levaya. A wedding. What happens in many non-Jewish circles after a wedding? The high, unbelievable simcha, and then the chassan and kala bride and group leave and go somewhere. They don't see them. Right? Go for a honeymoon. Boom! Straight from the wedding. We have shavabrachas. See? No, no, no. This is something national. This is something that affects all of us. The private simcha is connected and expanded and made into the national simcha, into the communal simcha. On the one hand, one extreme. And then you have on the other extreme, we have a levaya. Sometimes people who have gone through a tragedy, they just want to go into private. They just want to, don't want to talk to anybody. And maybe other people don't even want to talk to them. They don't know what to say. But halacha mandates nicham avelam. The halacha mandates you can't leave. And when, rachman al-Islam, but sometimes people don't visit other acquaintances for 20 years. They're sitting shiva, they go visit them. Because they want to be part of their state. Because we don't believe in personal emotional events. We try to bring it to the tzibur. We try to bring it to the cloud. That's Bikurim, says the Talei Chaim. So you had a wonderful crop in your own house? Bring it to Yerushalayim. Share it. See it in the context of all of Am Yisrael. Dafka, line 22 towards the bottom. Dafka mitoch mabat klalizeh. Mitoch achibur liyushalayim olachai am Yisrael. Tucha lahagi el shleimus hasimcha. That's when you can reach the shleimus. And then he even quotes an amazing Zohar. Amazing Zohar. The Zohar discusses, it's not only making it national, but dafka in Yerushalayim, the center of Eretz Yisrael. Says the Zohar, if you look in uh, line 15, Rablazer Pasach, Simchos Yerushalayim Vigilu Bakoma Ohaveha. Be rejoice in Yerushalayim and be happy in it, in her. Kol Ohavem. And source number seven now. Simchos Yerushalayim. Begin the Chedvalo Ishtakich Ella. Remember, the Zohar is written in Aramaic. Bezimna di Yisrael Kaimi Ba'ara Kadisha. When is there Simcha? When B'nai Yisrael are in their holy land. That's where husband and wife are together, meaning Hashem and Am Yisrael. That's where the heavens and the earth meet in Eretz Yisrael. When we're in Gullus, when we're outside the chosen land, then we don't have simcha. It's even usur. Ulach zochidu, and to express simcha. Dechsiv, simchas Yerushalayim vegilu ba. Simcha Yerushalayim and be happy there. Ba. Vegilu ba daika. There's a certain simcha in Yerushalayim, and the Zohar is talking about even in all of Eretz Yisrael, based on that Pasik, but it expands. A simcha in Eretz Yisrael and Yerushalayim that is nowhere else. That's the Zohar. Even parenthetically, this might be the real pshat of the Ramah in Ilchas Birchas Kohanim, where he says the reason that Birchas Kohanim is not done in, er- in Chutzlaretz, even though it's a big mystery, but because they're not fully besimcha. And many wonder, what does that mean? But it might be on a more Kabbalistic and deeper level. True simcha is only there. That's the Zohar. And ex- expand the Talachayim. Why? Why is there only simcha there? So he expresses towards the bottom now. 
Because that's where Achdus is achieved. In Yerushalayim, at the Kotel, at the, we say the Kotel, but in the base of Mikdash, the Kotel is a tiny little minuscule a, a picture of what it's supposed to be. All Jews coming together, the feeling that we get in Yerushalayim, when all Jews are together there, it's unlike any other feeling. And that's why there's a Hashem's Shechina rest there. And that's why this special Simcha is there. I gave it to you also from the Ramchal that he quotes. But this is, this is the Talei Chaim. Again, V'samachta B'chal making private into public. Okay, so that takes care of Bikurim. Now we move on to the last Pasuk before Shani. Last Pasuk before, I'm sorry, before Shlishi. After we have we have Vidui Maisris, we have the famous Pasuk of Hashkifa, the Tefillah we say. Hashkifa mimon kachacha min hashamayim. We say, Hashem, please look down upon us from your heavenly abode. Uvarech hazavchaz Yisrael. Give us a bracha. Kashur nishpat Hashkifa. So there's no Rashi here. But if you remember Rashi, way back in Sefer Bracious, way back in Vayera, Lech Lecha Vayera, Rashi in the source number nine, the Berchaz Yitzchak, Rabbi Gennak quotes it in the Sefer. Pasuk says there, same verb, Vayashkifu al Pnei Sedom. Hashem was mashkif. Hashem looked at Sedom. Rashi says there, Kol hashkafa shebemikra l'ra'a. Anytime it says the verb la hashkif in the Torah, it's negative. Something bad. Chutz me hashkifa mimon kachacha. Except for the one in Kisavo, which we're up to now. Where we say, Hashem, look down and give us a bracha. Shegadol koach matnasaniyim. Shehofeh pnidas arogas l'rachamim. And you know why our hashkif is different? Because right before we're talking about giving meiser to the aniyim, to the leviyim. So tztaka could change Hashem to rachmanis. This is Rashi. All Ashkifas are bad. Lachoret Sarachian, Asr of Salvechik. Rabbi Ganak quotes it here. She empirish amila vayashkifu abatalara. If lahashkif means looking in a negative way, so what do you mean ours is good? Is If Hashem's looking in a negative way, it's negative. What do you mean it's changed because it's stuck? So use a different verb. There has to be a deeper idea behind the Chazal. So says the Rav, says Rav Salvechik on line 6, Hashkifa does not mean bad. doesn't mean looking bad. Rashi there and by stone doesn't mean that. La Hashkif, you know what Hashkif means? To give a marshal, in English we have different words. Let me use three words. Glance, look, and stare. Very different connotations for each of those words. A glance, a look, and a stare. Or in analyzing, which is even deeper than a stare, or maybe similar to a stare. Hashkifa is that deepest way of looking, of analyzing, of searching underneath the surface. That's what a hashkif means. And says Rav Salvechik, if that's true, so it depends what we're talking about. If we're talking about being mashkif on stone, so the deeper we look, the worse it is. Because deep down in their kishkas, they were anti-chesed. And they were against everything that Judaism stands for. Right? What do we call it? We call it Midas Stone. Shali Shali Vishalcha Shali. That's stone. Shein Pirish Lashon Ashkafa Habata Lara'a. Ela Pirusho Re'iya Vahabata Choderes. Kishemabit El Tochachay Adamo Inyan. That's what Hashkifa means. Hashkifa means a very deep looking. 
And that's what it means by Mitzrayim. Vayashkef Hashem el Machane Mitzrayim. In Shmuel's Tarek Yadav, he looked at Mitzrayim, and the more he looked at Mitzrayim, the more unhappy he was. Because he saw what they're about. But here, Hashem, look at Am Yisrael. Hashkifa mimon kachacha. The more Hashem looks to our insides, the more he sees, like the Gemara Yavama says, the three midos of a Jew, Rachmanim, Baishanim, Vagomle Chasadim, he sees what we're about. And therefore, Hashkifa doesn't mean always Lara. It just means looking in a very deep way. And therefore, in the context of Am Yisrael Hashkifa, it is a bracha, and a Kaddish Baruch Hu is very happy about what he sees. Okay. So now we get to some Tzibuyim. Perak Zayin. So this is really heading for the last section of the Torah. Perak Zayin, really till the end. Vayitzav Moshe v'zegnei Yisrael. Moshe is giving his final pep talk. Right, we've had it since the beginning of Dvar. But this is it. Moshe says, listen to me. I'm giving you instructions. Shamar is kol ha-mitzvah sh'aranokhi mitzvah v'eskam ayom. Keep the mitzvos. Vehaya, pasik beis. Vayom esher tavruas ha-yardain. When you go through the yardain. On what day? The 10th of Nisan. They went through the yardain. In the yardain, put up stones. Take a big pile of stones, pile them up. We discussed in past years how many piles of stones were there. There was one in the yardain, there was one right on the side of the yardain, there was one in Gilgal, a bunch of different types of piles of stones. And write the Torah on the stones. Write the Torah on the stones. Rashi here says, you put it up in the Yardain. Rashi quotes there were three sets. Three sets of stones. And you write on it the Torah, as you go into Eretz Yisrael. Put them there. So many different stones. Ask, I'm sorry, I didn't write it in in source number 10. This is from the Shvile Chaim, which we've uh, had in the past, the Rav from uh, Canton, Ohio, in the uh, mid-20th century. So he asks, what's the point of the stones? What's the purpose of the stones? Big pile of stones? Let Amistral get settled. 14 years. And then you'll, you'll make monuments. And also, number two, why write the Torah on the stones? What's the purpose of that? Ask the Shvile Chaim. Usually, when you have a nation that accomplishes something, that achieves something, you also make a monument. But you make a monument celebrating a victory. You know, Amizol should have made a monument all about Ammon and Moab and Sichon and Og Melech Abashon who finally died. Right? Make a monument about that. Make a picture of Moshe Rabbeinu, statue. So, that, that why the Torah on these stones? Why the Torah? So, let's start from the beginning, he says. Chazal gave a special chashivus to setting up of these stones. Three times stones. What's it about? We know every nation has a land. Every nation has a land. And every people is affected by their land. Right? If a land has a hot climate and this and that, 
So the people learn to live in that climate. People live in the north, people live in the east. Everybody's used to the climate in which they live. Let's say, for some reason, everybody has to move. Migration. You know what's going to happen? Then those people are going to be affected by the new land in which they live. And they're going to take upon themselves, naturally, they're going to acclimate to where they are, a new tarbut and a new culture. And that's what happens to most countries. There's a melting pot and people move to Italy and America and any country. And that's it. We become part of that country. And we forget about the homeland. Because if we think about history, what nation in history ever left their homeland and yearned to come back? Forget whether they actually came back. Was there ever a nation in the past 2,000 years, 4,000 years, that left its homelands and didn't just settle and forget about it? Line 16. Think about the Jewish nation. Three times a day we daven that all Jews should be back in their homeland. What an unbelievable concept. We have a homeland and we yearn for it. The bonds that Am Yisrael have with Eretz Yisrael is a bond that will never break. We're all over the place. But throughout the generations we've always had the connection. Yisrael va'artso chadhu. The Rishonim, the Achronim, how many yearned? What would make a great religious leader leave everything and leave? Why did the Gro want to come? Right? Why did Rabbi Yaakov Emden want to come? Why did Rabbi Dalevi, the Ramban? Why? Because of this innate, innate connection that every single Jew in the world has to Eretz Yisrael. That's the difference. So where does it come from? So now he gets to the stones. It says that the Shvile Chayim, because all other homelands to any other nation, it's just all about we conquered, we live, and we're here. And we set up shop. And we can set up shop anywhere. But when it comes to Am Yisrael, our connection to the land does not have to do with the physical land per se, but it has to do with the laws. It has to do with the Torah. That is our connection through the Torah. And right when we came into Eretz Yisrael, and here's this beautiful thought, we put a mezuzah on the door of Eretz Yisrael. We wrote the Torah on the stones in the Yardane as we came through. It's as if we're putting a mezuzah on the mashkof of Eretz Yisrael because we are declaring right away what our connection is to Eretz Yisrael. It's not a secular connection. It's a deep connection. It's a Torah connection that every Jew has even if they don't realize it. Look at line 18. Just like if, uh, if you see a mezuzah on a door, you know that's an identity. Part 1. He just adds two more points. Number one, he quotes this from Yaakov Emden in the bottom left of the page, goes over to the next page, to source number 11. He says, and throughout our history, the other nations have, have they've understood that we've yearned, they wanted to go back. They could understand that, but what they, could, they could understand our feelings. Even though it's beyond them, 
to have that themselves, they could fathom what it means for a people to yearn to go back to their lands, to miss their land. But you know what they couldn't understand? They couldn't understand the fact that the land missed the people. What does that mean? Chazal tell us. The land did not blossom. Hashem promised that the land of Eretz Yisrael will not blossom and turn green and lush and prosperous until only for Am Yisrael. And that happened, Adayom until the Jews came back over the past 150 years, built the beautiful, throughout history, this was the center. During the times of the, the Middle Ages and before that, the Crusades, everybody wanted this land. But nobody was able to bring it out. The land missed us as much as we missed the land. And that was something so unique, he writes, that they couldn't fathom that. And finally, he says towards the end of the piece, okay, we're not going to read it to save time, but he says towards the end, keep in mind that the Torah that we had to write on the stones had to be in 70 languages. Because we wanted it not just to be for us. We wanted everybody to know what we're about. We wanted everybody to know that we live based on a divinely given instruction manual. Right? We don't make it up ourselves. So, it's the connection. It's the mezuzah of our lands. We had to do it in. We had to do it once we came in a few times to get the message across. But that's the avanim. That's the stones. Okay, so now let's get to a little bit what Kisava was known for, the brachos and the klalos. The brachos and the klalos. The klalos obviously take up the quantity, right? One of the two tochachas in the Torah is right here, the other one being in Puchukosai. Remember the Gemara Masechah Megillah, that we have a chiv to read the tochacha, the Shabbos before the Shabbos before Rosh Hashanah, and the Shabbos before the Shabbos before Shavuos. That's when we read the two tochachas. So we read it here, the second to last Shabbos of the of Tavshin Ayin Dalit, this coming Shabbos. Says the Pasik. Perek Chavches Pasik Beis. We have a couple of Pesukim of Brachos that we're going to focus on one. Well, actually both. V'haya. Im Shamo HaTishma B'Kol Hashem Alokecha If you listen to Hashem, Lishmar Melasos, do all the mitzvos, Uva'u Alecha Kala Brachos Ha'ele V'hisigucha. All the Brachos will come to you and they will reach you. V'hisigucha. You'll be masig then. Ask the Mepharshim, what does that extra word mean? Why doesn't it just say, you'll get all the brachas? What's the extra word? And they will reach you. Says Rav Bunimi Parshischa, quoted here in the Lekach Vahalibov, source number 12. Says Rav Bunim, Many times Hashem wants to give us something, a bracha, but we're not ready for it. We didn't make ourselves ro'uy to be makabal Hashem's bracha. It's like you try to catch a baseball, a hardball being thrown quickly without a mitt. You can't do it. I don't have the kalim. I'm not ready for it. We have to make ourselves ready. That's uvo. All the brachas are coming to you. But you know what? We have to make ourselves v'hisigucha. We want to catch it. We don't want to just get them thrown at us. V'lochein, that's the pasuk of hisigucha. Shi'ilah, and the bracha that Hashem gives us is not only should I throw you the bracha, but I should, you should be zoche to the kalim to be makabel the bracha. To be zoche to catch the bracha. Which means recognizing that it's from Hashem as we spoke about before, etc. That's the ravun. But then says, but I have a problem. Because if you look by the curses, by the klawas, you have the same word, v'hisigucha. 
So what does it mean by the clothes? Fine, by the brachas. We're now ready. So I'm going to throw the brachas. you got to be ready to catch it. We have to make ourselves rowing. So what does it mean to be ready to catch the clothes? Why does the, that word appear here? V'hisigucha. So he says, V'yesh la'ayin, line 7, Kigampa ha'hefech, nechta patara v'hisigucha. Uma pirusham. What do we have to be ready for? V'nireh ki ha'kavanahu, ki ha'klala ha'ribala adam l'tzorach limud. Everything that happens to us in life, we know, is for us to get a message from. And even if something is, quote-unquote, seems negative, and we have to make a baruch adayin ha'emes, but we still make a bracha, we still recognize it's from Hashem. Even a klala, we have to have the kalim to recognize. Srichem lomo There are some amazing individuals in the world that have the kalim to be makabo the klala. Rahman al-Islam, the mothers of the three Kadoshim this past summer. Right? They had the Kalim to be Makabo the Klawa, and all of Am Yisrael saw them and they were an inspiration. They had the Hisigucha by the Klawa. The purpose and to recognize it's all from Hashem. That's shot number one of Hisigucha. That you should have the wherewithal and the recognition that it's coming from Hashem. And then the Bracha could come and the Klawa could come. But there's another pshat that he gives of vihisigucha. Another vihisigucha. Lahasig. What is lahasig? What else could has, lahasig mean? He gives an example we have on the bottom right. He writes, Hasogas haravid. Whenever the ravid argues in the Rambam, it's called hasogos. Called, the ravid attacks. The ravid argues. So what do you mean an attack? So here it's the opposite. I can understand how a klala could be an attack. The klala should get to you and it should hurt you, it should attack you. That I understand. How vihisigucha, according to this shot of vihisigucha, fits into the klalas. What about the brachos? How could a bracha be something that's negative? How could a bracha be the hasaga? See, he gives a mashal. Gives a mashal. Second column on line seven. Mashal ish echad shamar b'melech. There was somebody, most mashalim have a king in it. There, there was a king... And there was a rebellious man that rebelled against the king. There was a statue of the king and the person defaced the statue. He was so mad at the king, he defaced the statue. You know what the king did? The king brought the man into his palace and gave him a job. And the following week he did a good job, he gave him an extra position and a higher position. And he, excuse me, he gave him a promotion and he kept raising him and raising him. And you know what happened to this guy? Every time he got a new, a new position, he felt worse and worse and worse. This king is such a king, and what did I do to him? You know what I did to this king? You know how I embarrassed him? How I defaced his, his statue that everybody uses to symbolize him? And the more he got, the worse off he felt. Because he realized, now I know even more how amazing this king is. And he says, says that's the mashal. Sometimes, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will give us a bracha. And that will lead us to sometimes think, how did I not realize this? How did I act? How did I waste? How did I do this beforehand? Through the bracha, sometimes we could get a knock. And that's what he even says, on Wednesday, every Wednesday morning, we say in the Yom, Kel Nekamos Hashem. Kel is, is Shem Hashem Shel Rachamim. What do you mean Rachamim being Nekama? Being revenge. It's like in the mashal. 
Hashem will have Rachmanis on us. So much Rachmanis and we'll be like, I can't believe it. That's how you could have a Vihisigucha. You could have a Hasaga. You could have something that could be attacking somewhat even though it's in the form of a bracha. So we have two pshatim of a it shall reach you, or it shall be, a, let's say, a little anti-you from the word hasagas arrived, and the two pshatim, how it fits in both to bracha and to klava. Okay, just to end off with one final thought, which is something that's said by Manny, I gave it to you, Rabbi Franz here quotes it from Rav Gifter. If you look in Perak Chafches Mem Zayin, all the way at the end of the klavas, one of the more popular psukim to talk about. Why are we going to get all these clothes? What do we do so wrong? So says the Pasik Because we didn't act besimcha. We didn't act besimcha. Meirov kol. What is meirov kol? What does that mean? That's a hard word to translate. Rove is majority, kol is everything. Meirov kol. Rashi obviously is bothered by this. Rashi says, Ba'od shahayalacha kaltov. While you had, while you had everything. And mem, the mem, as the Chassid Sechachavim says, is not, not from, uh, you know, from, it says, V'yeh ha'mem shel meirov b'makam beis, kimo birov kol. Right, it means with. But still, it's hard. Birov kol, majority, all. Says Rav Gifter. Says Rav Gifter. Another pshat. I would like to ask another question. Well, first, let's go back for a minute. Rabbi Fran quotes the question from Rav Gifter. Why does the Torah give a chiv, a mitzvah, to be happy by Bikurim? Right? Isn't it natural? It's natural to be happy. I said that a mitzvah. Be happy. You're coming with all your great fruit. You had an unbelievable produce. You bring it to Yushalayim. You need a mitzvah to be happy. What's so hard about being happy? You're celebrating. Says your gift, you know what the problem is? You're bringing it to Yerushalayim. You're not in your own field anymore. What are we going to do? We're going to start looking to the side of us. We're going to go start looking to the other guys we going to be current. We're going to start looking to what everybody else has. I was always, beforehand I was happy. But now all of a sudden I'm looking to the other guy and all of a sudden I, I'm not so happy. All of a sudden I look at, at his and his produce and at his yuval and how much he got. Says the Torah, may rove call. You can't look at what other people have. Rove. May rove call. If we learn, says Rav Gifter, to focus on what we do have rather than what we do not have, then our lives will be filled with happiness. Right? We have, and we quote, may rove call towards the bottom. What does that mean? What does that mean, may rove call? We have to have the attitude of if it's rove, make it into call. And he quotes by Yaakov and Esau. Remember the contrast? Yaakov says, Reisav says, Yeshli Rov, and Yaakov says, Yeshli Kol. We have to view it as if we have everything. May Rov Kol! Nobody has a perfect life. Everybody always has more of something of ours. But the problem, or the antidote, and the solution of what we have to have is the attitude that Hashem gives us everything we need. Hashem gives us everything that is good for us. Happiness, he ends off, is rarely objective. It is usually subjective. It all depends on attitude. You could have the people who have the most in life. And we look around. The richest people in life are not the happiest people. 
The richest people in life are the people who live the most valuable life. The people who live the most productive, constructive life. That give to others. That fulfill their life, their moments, their days. That's where Simcha comes from. It's not what you have, but how we look at what we have. And that's Merov Kol. Merov Kol, we have to look at it as if it's Kol. That's the message. Hashem, we should be Zoha. It's a hard attitude. We should be Zoha to always look at what we have that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us with the Hashkafa. We mentioned before, La Hashkifa. I didn't mention. That, that's where the word Hashkafa comes from. When you have a Hashkafa, we have to analyze it deeply to get those Hashkafas, as we related to before. But we should be Zoha to have the Hashkafa of always having what we need, recognizing Hashem gives us everything we need. And Bez Hashem should be Zoha as we come to the climax, to the... Uh, End of Tavshinai and Dal and heading into the last, second to last Shabbos of the year, we should be Zoha to have that proper attitude of recognizing that Hashem gives us everything that we need.